Pigeonhole. 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 I'll test the volume by Hello. asking you to Sausage. describe. What kind of biscuit is this? Biscuit. Well, biscuit it is a British biscuit. Lots of variety. You get a jammy dodger, which is a sort of round biscuit with jam in the center. Pink wafer, which is a wafery biscuit with cream in the middle. Very dry, bland, digestive biscuits. But basically they're cookies, but usually less exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, the volume's great. When you say biscuit, do you see a biscuit? No, 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 biscuit. My my thoughts are totally biscuit, biscuit free. I biscuit, none of the things that I tick are things that I'm consciously thinking about at all. My thoughts are totally, totally clear. So in my head, I'm just biscuit. Cats, I'm just talking fluently biscuit, but obviously there's this um, biscuit automatic biscuit interruption into my speech biscuit, which are the ticks, the vocal ticks, biscuit. Lots of people edit them out. So Biscuit at the beginning will hear like every single Biscuit, Biscuit. And then Biscuit will get so used to them and familiar with them. Biscuit, the very regular ones, perhaps almost disappear to them. And people say, oh, Biscuit, you haven't really, you know, you haven't really ticked very much. So you haven't really said Biscuit very much. It's like, I have, you just stopped hearing it. <laughs> biscuit, Biscuit, cats. First of all, I could never not notice them. But also, it's so pleasant. It's yeah. so delightful. Like, I just stem out on your dicks. Biscuit, well, I suppose in, for that, they're, they're really useful because they, I mean, they're obviously very changeable, Biscuit, but they are, like, they they are relatively consistent. Sometimes people can become really focused, Biscuit, on that outward expression, the ticks is the outward expression of Biscuit, of my neurodiversity, and Biscuit will therefore try and say, oh, you're ticking loads. Is that because you're angry or stressed or frustrated or you're not ticking very much? Like, you must be better. That scrutiny, Biscuit, of people's bodies can be really wearing. We've been touring our, our previous show, Backstage in Biscuitland, you know, all over the country. And it's a show that makes space for my ticks and gives like gives them room to be creative and to be really abstract and be really surreal. Biscuit. And then we were doing this show in London and Biscuit. And my ticks literally only talked about doorways and cheese for the entire show. With, a, with an occasional reference to Alan Hansen, who is a really obscure football commentator from the 1980s. This is a show about creativity. I was really pissed off at Tourette's that day. I was like, my ticks have totally abandoned me and just, just left me with doorways and cheese. <laughs> and Alan Hansen, who in a previous interview was in your handbag, I think. Yeah, quite possibly. He does crop up in all sorts of places. As a creative person, using ticks as a way of um, accessing spontaneous creativity is definitely some part of my practice. To not use ticks creatively would be wasteful. So Matthew, um, who's the co-founder of Tourette's Zero, described uh, my ticks as a language generating machine. Biscuit and told me not doing something creative with them would be wasteful. He talked about being quite envious of some of the ideas that my ticks generated. And I didn't get it at all. I found it really hard to talk about my ticks at that point. But then as soon as he described this idea of a language generating machine, that really captured my imagination. And I've also been brought up to believe that being wasteful is really bad. So Biscuit, the idea that I was wasting this creative energy or resource um, 
stayed with me and I was slowly able to see that they had value biscuit um, and that talking about different types of experience had value biscuit hedgehog So people always ask me about like why biscuit. Um, I'm often asked uh, biscuit if my chest hurts when I bang it, which is uh, you know I've got a motor tick where I thump my chest. People are often really curious about my sleep and how I sleep. Um, people are often curious about whether I would take a magic pill and make my ticks go away. I always say that I would be much more interested in a magic pill that made the made society uh, more inclusive and cured ableism than changing my body. Um, biscuit. People want to focus on my body, not on the systems that enable me to live. Biscuit. Cats. Sausage. Da, da, da. Lots of the great things about my life are dependent on decisions of other people. So I am not disabled by my body, but I would be disabled by a lack of support. And I have great support um, at the moment, but that always feels like that's something that could be taken away. And I think lots of disabled people who require support, I think probably feel this precariousness about that. And there's a certain urgency, I suppose, to some of my work because I feel like I have to do this now in case some of that is whipped away from me. You know, I'm very lucky that I have a package of support that meets my requirements at the moment. And actually for a long time I had support in work, but not support at home. So I was I was much more independent at work than I was in my leisure time. And I used to dread weekends and I never used to take any vacation because I didn't have support. What's the point in me taking leave if I'm then just gonna have to sit on my bed for days on end. So I'm lucky that I now do have support at home, but I have to justify every aspect of that. So, you know, I have an annual like review and fairly recently I had one and it was like I was having to, you know, justify why I had 45 minutes of support to have dinner in to have my evening meal. And it was like, it's, that's quite a long time for, for having an evening meal. And it's like, well, it's not if someone's going to prepare you something and help you eat it and you know and then they're like oh why do you need an extra 15 minutes to get washed at the weekend and it's like well you know that's because I might want to wash my hair or you know condition it biscuit the idea biscuit that to be a disabled person automatically means consumption of resources and burden and um is something that I have to actively fight against in my own mind it, all our systems have that language built into them Medical systems across the world um, and doctors across the world are trained with the idea that to be a disabled person is to, or, you know, it's to be a failed person, you know, in their eyes. It's like they're so focused on fixing and curing. If they can't do that, that's something that's very confronting um, to people, to often to medical professionals. I went to see a show by an amazing comedian called Mark Thomas who was doing a show called Extreme Rambling Biscuit at the Tricycle Theatre in London and it was about him walking the Palestinian separation barrier um, and so it was about segregation a subject that I was really interested in 
I like, hadn't been to the theatre for ages, but I really wanted to go. So we got in touch with Mark, we got in touch with the theatre. We met him beforehand, he introduced me to the audience. We did all of this preparation, Biscuit, but despite all of that, I was still uh, asked to move at the intermission because of the noises I was making. And I was asked to sit in a sound booth at the side of the stage behind glass. And so we were watching this show about segregation and about separation from this segregated position. And I absolutely sobbed. I felt so humiliated and upset. In that moment, I promised myself that I would never set foot in another theatre again. I got the very clearly got the message that this isn't a space for you. Fortunately, that wasn't a promise that I kept. So that was a key moment in realising that the only seat in the house that I knew, could definitely knew that I wouldn't be asked to leave was on the stage. So occupying that space and making a show about like my experiences accessing live performance, but you know, felt important. In that moment it didn't, but that was a key moment on the line, on the on the journey, on the road to that. Another key moment was going back to the same theatre a year later to see Francesca Martinez's show, What the Fuck is Normal? It wasn't a perfect experience, but again, it was a negotiated experience. And uh, what I did see was somebody whose experiences reflected my own and made me feel confident that that was something that I could do. Biscuit. And, and should do. Biscuit. Then Matthew went to the um, Edinburgh uh, Fringe Festival. He looked out shows about disability and found that there were very few. Biscuit and But he did see some work that really it made him think we should take a show to Edinburgh um and he went in 2013 and we took the show in 2014 so it was a very quick turnaround and the other thing the other key moment is that I got on stage uh, at a festival a music festival with an amazing comedy songwriter with bipolar disorder called Captain Hot Knives who has an incredible mind and makes these hilarious songs and stories. Um, Biscuit never writes down a single lyric, but Biscuit, the first time we met, um, Biscuit, he was tuning his guitar and then my ticks started uh, 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 going off in sort of surreal tangents. And then he was super quick to turn them around and use them as the starting point for stories. And so we um, we got on stage together and did that um uh, for the first time and it's something we've gone on to do lots and lots and we describe it as a masterclass in spontaneity because neither of our brains are able to do the same thing twice um, Biscuit I, I suppose all of those things came together to make me feel that I needed to take up space in cultural venues and that I felt confident to do it um, and that that would add Biscuit a load of extra stuff to everybody's experience, Biscuit. Because if the only narratives that you have about disability are from the mainstream press, then, you know, Biscuit, all you've got to draw from are the sort of tragic, uh, overcoming, uh, burdensome stereotypes. And that's not what many disabled people's lives look like. Biscuit, Biscuit, headshot, cat. My aim is to inspire people in lots of ways, but not to inspire them because I'm disabled. I want people to change and create a more inclusive society. And I know that humour and art are powerful ways of inspiring and catalyzing that change. Biscuit. Sausage. Every episode is transcribed. Links guest info and transcripts are all at 
whoamitostopit.com, my disability arts blog. I'm Cheryl, this and this is, is Pigeonhole. 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 Don't sit where society puts you.